Hello darling heart and welcome to the Drink Less Live Better podcast. This is the podcast that helps you to see that drinking less doesn't need to be stressful, lonely or boring. I'm your host Sarah Williamson and I decided to have a year alcohol free as a little life experiment and haven't looked back. With my experience and training, I now help other women with their alcohol-free or drink-less adventures. I'm here to tell you that you can relax, connect and have fun without alcohol in your life. Join me here each week to find out how. Today I am delighted to have with me Lee from Glow Sober. Lee and I met in an online sober community when we were both newly alcohol-free. Over the last couple of years, we've also attended some coach training together and become friends. Lee, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you, Sarah. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Great stuff. So first of all, I'm really interested that you tell everybody a little bit about Glow Sober, please. So Glow Sober is, um, uh, first and foremost, was an Instagram site where I review um, as many things alcohol-free as possible. That is mainly alcohol-free drinks, but also alcohol-free literature, podcasts, um, things to do when you are clean and sober and you have much more time on your hands. So um, it's been going since August last year. Um, I have lost count of the amount of alcohol-free drinks I have reviewed. It was born from me knowing that once I um, gave up alcohol, I really would like to have some kind of replacement that wasn't just Bex Blue, lime and soda or some nasty syrupy cokey thing that you get in uh, pubs so that's where it's born from it's growing nicely at the moment um, and yeah I'm loving doing it it's kind of transitioning now from just reviews into just some little kind of bite-sized um, pieces of advice for those who are newly sober and wishing to stay that way brilliant it's lovely i highly recommend it and we'll give some details at the end where people can come and find you tell me a little bit about what your inspiration for glow sober was where did you come up with the idea so um rather than start in the middle of it's okay with you i'll kind of just start with a little bit of a backstory because then it might make a little bit more sense um so i have had a long and complicated history with drinking um as many people have uh, i think it kind of started my parents divorced when i was 13 um, I noticed and recognised that my mum used alcohol over the period of that time as something that self-medicated, kept her numb, um, kept her drunk as well, unfortunately. But I think that a lot of the behaviours that I picked up, I probably picked up from there in terms of using alcohol as a place to self-medicate and to keep myself numb. And I think I did that probably from the time that my parents divorced. Um, I think anybody who um, is able to drink freely as a young person without any um, barriers, you will know how dangerous that can be. And I think I got myself into all sorts of scrapes and troubles from doing so. 
Um, and I think that that kind of behaviour carried on over many years. And as I kind of progressed from teenager into young adult, I noticed that I was always the person that was um, probably the person most willing to get the most drunk, probably the person with um, the most hangovers. I think I used them as badges as how bad I felt on a Sunday was how good my weekend was, had been. Um, I think one of the things that I didn't realise was that blackouts were not a normal part of normal drinking. So I blacked out regularly, couldn't remember huge swathes of my evenings, which as a young woman and not just a young woman, a young man as well. But it's a very dangerous place to be. Um, and so that kind of behaviour did carry on for many years. And whilst I think some people will, uh, and I think many people will recognise this, when you are the person who's the most drunk at the party, you're always supposed to be, you know, you are always the most fun. But for somebody like me, I think it was more around um, my personality was as such as nobody really knew which Lee was coming out to play. So every time I was drinking, uh, at some points I could be extreme fun, at other times I could be very upset, I could be very angry. And so consequently, it's always a little bit of a roller coaster. Um, I think ultimately and um, catastrophically, the thing that kind of changed the most in my life was in 2018, um, my only son, my only child was killed in a road traffic collision. He was in a car with a drunk driver. Um, and that nearly killed me. It very, very nearly killed me in terms of the um, my reaction to it. I really did not think I was going to survive. But I think when I look back at the way that my mum handled extreme trauma from her divorce with three children and, and no money, I think I probably replicated that and went into a very deep dive of um, constant drinking to numb any pain that I would feel and that happened over a period of nearly two years where I continued to drink even though the very thing that had killed my son was actually a drink driver but to get through the years of the things like the court case the um uh, because we live in quite a small place we did live in quite a small place you know there was a huge amount of um, attention onto me and that can feel very public. And when you're going through something that is highly traumatizing and you are, it felt feels like you're kind of almost public facing, it can be a very difficult place to be. Um, as I said, that carried on um, right up until 2020. I had a particularly bad episode um, late 2019 where I went out with a friend, spent probably the afternoon about 200 pounds on just champagne in one afternoon thought it would do me the world of good but consequently it ended in me having a huge breakdown really to the point where um, I tried to throw myself out of my own bedroom window and my um, partner had to literally stay with me he could not leave me and I could not remember any of it and that was really telling to me that really frightened me but I still continued to drink right up until um, July of 2020. And I don't know whether anybody else has ever felt like this, where you wake up every morning and you know things have got to change and you know in the pit of your stomach that you're still doing something, you know it's bad for you, you want it to change. 
And then um, early July, July the 4th, Independence Day, ironically, um, I went to a barbecue with some girlfriends, got so drunk again, um, had a really nasty fall, woke up with the most horrendous bruises, could not remember a thing. And then I saw all the videos of me being, you know, really big fun time, um, everybody having a laugh to then me falling over, really seriously injuring myself. And then I just realized that that time had really come. And then July the 12th, I woke up on a Sunday and just decided that that was it. I had to stop because if I didn't stop, I think I kind of knew that it was going to kill me, really. And it wasn't that I was, you know, drinking, you know, bottles of vodka or anything like that on a nightly basis, but I was drinking at least a bottle of wine. And the trouble is, is, you know, so many of my friends do the same, but what one person can consider to be a problem, somebody else won't. And so July the 12th, I woke up and I knew that it had to stop and I had to change. And really, my long term goal was to live a good life in memory of my beautiful son. And that is what I wanted to do. And the only way I know that I can do that is by being sober. Mm, yeah. So. And so on July the 12th, was that a day with another massive crushing hangover on that day? No, <laughs> no, it wasn't, which is really so strange. Um, actually, it was one of those nights. Um, I don't even know. I think I may have had a couple of drinks on the night before, but I didn't have a hangover. But I just woke up and I knew that life had to be different for me. And so I knew it was serious because most of the time, any time, you know, and, and uh, most of us will know those day one promises where you're never going to do it again. But they're born from that existential dread of hangovers where you promise yourself everything's going to be different you promise every everybody else everything's going to be different yes. but you know really that it's not and this time I knew and it has been ever since and I have not looked back yeah that that was exactly similar to me or on the day that I decided that was going to be my last day I didn't have a massive hangover either I had just had a couple of drinks the night before and mm -hmm. I think you're so right that it cut on that morning it comes from a far more rational place in your brain where you're not just saying never again because your hangover feels so dreadful you're mm -hmm. able to say never again in that situation and really mean it that time um and certainly I found I don't know if you do this but um I found it helped me from the beginning not to say I was never drinking again I started out with a much smaller um goal um I didn't start out thinking that this was going to be life-changing for me um but of course it's turned out to be so too big. Yeah. Too big. I think I I think um I'm one of those people because I used to smoke and so I smoked when I from I gave up I think in 2001 but when I'm pretty good once I set my mind to something I'm pretty I'm pretty good and it felt like I just run out of steam with it all I just completely run out of steam and so I said to people and I'm like um, because I'm a runner for instance I run quite a lot and one of the first big races I did was um the New York Marathon because you know go all in yeah, just why not? Yeah. go and do so so what the first thing I did was I went and told everybody 
as much as much as I could because I've got that horrendous fear of um, embarrassment if you say you're going to do something and you don't do it. So the best way for me is to put it out there and say, that's it. I'm really so I told everybody, and I don't think everybody particularly believed me to start with. And I think out of all of the people who would give up drinking, I wouldn't be one of them. You know, I wouldn't be in the frame for that. Um, and so consequently, I've had a huge amount of support, you know, like every day, you know, because I use um, you know, I use apps, I use counters, I count my days, I love my days, everyone feels special and every day should feel special and the thing is is you know what you realize when you don't drink is how much you relied on drink to in some way what you were calling take the edge off I don't want my life to be something I take the edge off I want it to be something that I fully enjoy without taking the edge off do you know what I mean absolutely living a life that we don't need alcohol to escape from living you know in the joy that we can every day so you woke up on that 12th of July tell me a bit about how the idea for glow sober then came about and followed on from that moment forward okay um this is going to sound to some people odd but I will tell you anyway so I um as I already mentioned I'm, I'm a runner so I do quite a lot of running and and my um I've, I've just recently moved to Bournemouth but prior to that um I'd lived in the same very small village my whole life um where my son was born brought up and is now buried and he's buried kind of at the top of the village beautiful setting where I used to run every day so I could go and see him And so early August, I was running, beautiful sunny day, really early in the morning. And I was running along to the churchyard, literally got adjacent to his grave. And glow sober came into my head with such a force, almost like an epiphany. Um, It was such a force where I could see in front of me everything that it could possibly be and everything I I know it's going to be. and I felt like it was a gift from Jack because it just showed me the life that I am capable of living that I never dreamed would be possible. And I want to do it in his name and in with with his spirit and his kind of essence in me because he had. Um, he was a very uh, strong world boy of something I'm very proud of now not always easy when it's your own children to have very strong world children because obviously you don't want them to be robots but you'd like it if they did what they were told once in a while <laughs> um and jack has written on his gravestone a man of my own rules because that's exactly what he was and that's what he used to say and he was exactly true and i want to live in that um in that spirit you know that there are no boundaries for me and there are no boundaries for anybody, you can, and it sounds, you know, and until you're doing it, you can create the life that you want to. Yeah, it takes work and you have to be realistic. No, you can't have a million pound house and a Ferrari. But in terms of the life of service that I want to have, and that's really what came to me, struck struck me, my story, my relationship with alcohol Um, can mean something to other people and it can support other people and I want to do that in Jack's honour because I think it's really important and he taught me that the only limit I have is my own belief and that's it. 
I love that. And so on that um, on that point, then you've been um, working away, um, putting together your really fabulous reviews um, for quite a while now. Is that the direction that you intend to keep on going, to keep on adding to that, or um, have you got other plans in the pipeline for the future? So I'm kind of on the, the the kind of precipice of something new now, which is fantastic. And I want to keep my um, review site going because I think it's really important. I have lots of lovely messages from people who say it really helps them um, in terms of the uh, choosing their alcohol-free drinks and where to get them from, etc., as well as the literature. Um, but I am branching off into training. So um, looking at mindful drinking, looking at those limiting beliefs in terms of people, you know, I'm not somebody who says just because I've given up drinking, everybody else should give up drinking. I, that's not what I'm about. I'm saying if you want some information about um, alcohol, if you want some insight and some interest um, and some some facts around what alcohol might do to you and some ways to moderate if that's your thing then I can help you and I'm not doing it in a one-to-one sober coaching way I know there are lots of brilliant sober coaches out there in fact there are that you know you being one of them there are there are lots out there so what I'm looking at is um, going into kind of um, glow sober training and so that will be um, largely directed at employers and employees and talking to them about drinking behaviours so ways to feel if you want to cut down if you want to stop providing resources and information Um, and that's kind of where I'm going and I'm really really excited so fabulous yeah I love the idea of that yeah yeah tell me a little bit about what you do at the moment do you still um, drink with your friends in the pub do you have a favorite drink in the pub Um, do you prefer to drink at home tell me a little bit about what your social life and alcohol looks like at the moment so again, I think I'm very lucky in that, and I know this doesn't work the same for everybody, but I don't find other people drinking alcohol a trigger. Um, in fact, right at the moment, even drunk people don't bother me that much on the whole, and I know that that can be very difficult for most people uh, or for a lot of people. But I do still go to the pub. I do still um, uh, socialise. My favourite kind of drinking is drinking at home, finding my favourite glass and to me having a really nice glass having a really nice spot and making time for yourself is a really important part of any drinking it always was you know we don't drink there's a reason we don't drink wine from mugs you know drink wine from nice glasses we drink champagne from flutes we we have a different glass for a different drink and the drink is it's not because it's the alcohol it's because of the drink we're drinking and it's because of how we like to enjoy that and I think that that's the bit that most people need to understand is around how lovely is it to sit down with all of your friends and have a really nice tasting drink from a lovely glass with lovely people and then remember it all in the morning I mean, how fabulous is that? And so some of my favourite drinks, um, I think anybody that's explored the AF market will know that there's still an awful lot of work to be done. But it is a growing market and it's huge. And there are some fantastic things that I'd never drunk before. Wheat beers, 
I love German wheat beers. Uh, they, they are they are lovely. They're great. You know, for me, I'm kind of starting to kind of divide my winter drinks, my summer drinks. I love the cocktails and the mocktails. So there are some that are amazing and you know i'm not plugging anybody but highball do a great ginger dram and i love ginger ginger is one of my favorite ginger beers ginger ales great drinks and this is it's amazing it's a really beautiful beautiful drink looks beautiful in the bottle looks beautiful in the glass what what more is there to like and i still love my fizzes i still love the pop of a cork you know and there are some that are great there are some that are not so great with the ones that are not so great. Some of the over, you know, the over um, kind of saccharine type ones. Sometimes I'll chuck some frozen raspberries in a drink just to make it kind of give it that sharp to take the edge off the sweetness. But it's all about the atmosphere, the people, the time I take, all of those things, not just, you know, um, whipping a bottle out of the fridge because I'm really, you know, frankly fed up. I've had a really bad day chucking something down my neck because I think it's going to make me feel better mm. I no longer do those things I um the best thing now about having a drink for me is sitting down and rather than trying to ignore my feelings I observe my feelings and I reflect on them whilst I'm having a non-alcoholic drink so it's about the time it's about the mindful space that you give yourself yeah yeah and definitely I you know my Thursday night used to be my gin and tonic night and it was that moment where I leant back against the kitchen counter and sort of had that first big glug of G&T and now you know I'm quite fond of the alcohol free gin and tonics but as you were saying about the nice glasses you know I've got a really fancy heavy cut glass tumbler that I like for that and I love the clink of the ice as it goes in the glass and cutting a slice and sort of keeping the ceremony the same um, but the feeling is is totally different and actually not having that drink because I'm exhausted and I don't know quite else what to do with myself but choosing that drink because it tastes really lovely and then sitting down for five minutes to gather my thoughts. Um, I also definitely used to do that drinking at the end of the day part out of a real first um, and I hadn't realised that I just wasn't drinking enough water during the day so I've made a real conscious effort over the last um, 18 months or so to make sure that I don't arrive at six o'clock very thirsty you know I'm, I've drunk enough water during the day um, and then what I drink in the evening is a choice born out of choosing a flavour you know in a way of of relaxing um, I'm the same as you I still love to socialise I still go to the pub with my girlfriends um, and I, I don't think any of my girlfriends notice once they've all had one drink whether I'm drinking or, or not um, I think people we think have a tendency to think that people care about what we're doing more than they actually do illusions of grandeur isn't it yeah, Where you really. just think that you're you know nobody cares what's in my glass any more than i care what's in their glass exactly. it's just it doesn't yeah. matter and, what matters you're having fun yeah absolutely that and if i'm having you know if they happen to be drinking gins and tonics and i happen to be drinking tonic 
in in a gin glass in the pub nobody knows any different nobody knows any different and you're so right to say that the important stuff that really matters is the company is the atmosphere is the feeling of being together is the sharing stories and the laughter and all of that still feels exactly the same to me as it ever did with the added bonus of no hangover in the morning. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that, you know, what's really lovely is certainly with some of my friends is they've um, they've started to observe their own drinking. So nobody's given up drinking, but a lot of them have kind of started to try alcohol-free drinks and are kind of replacing some of their alcohol with other alcohol-free drinks because they, and it's not about whether they feel, and this is the thing that really kind of, gets me is that some people think that you either have to be you know you have to label yourself as an alcoholic which you, nobody has to label themselves anything or you have to be you know shaking in the corner or drinking from a paper bag in order to give up drinking which is just simply not true at all you know if you don't want to drink and you don't feel comfortable doing it or you are unhappy with your levels of drinking then you you simply don't have to. But our culture has taught us and our mass marketing has taught us that the only way we will have a good time is if we are drinking alcohol. And I think that those barriers are really difficult to um, break and to, you know, I know when I'm delivering training, I will be the most, you know, the most hated person in the room. People will automatically be defensive and say well I don't have a problem with drinking and I and I kind of almost you know you need to say nobody's saying you've got a problem with it I'm just saying here's the information here's the actual information this is this this is what it is nobody's suggesting that you have but if you want to cut down if you want to replace those calories with something else if you want to spend 20 quid less a week I mean I was spending I was spending because I kind of upped my, you know, from the wine I was drinking, you know, the only wine I was drinking was um, Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc, uh, New Zealand, and that was it. And, you know, I was spending like nine pounds, you know, I was spending nine pounds at least a night a bottle, you know, and I, and I've kind of become one of those people. That was the only thing I could drink. But now my partner opened a bottle of, of wine last night and I thought that stinks it's horrible I really don't like it. it doesn't bother me but I thought how could I think you know because I've changed or my taste buds have changed and my um my experience of alcohol has changed but my experience of myself has changed I don't need I've got nothing I don't need to go out and be the center of attention I don't need to go out and stand on a table and uh dance but I will you know, it's a lot. My 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 thought was because um, my favourite ever song is Taylor Swift, "Shake It Off," and if I can still go out and dance to that sober, then I'm all right, and I can. <laughs> so, nice and That's yeah. that's it. <laughs> and if I want to get up on a table and dance, then I will, but I won't need to be drunk to do it. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about where people can find you um online so they okay so instagram is just at glow sober facebook is glow sober um website which is just a review site rather than training is um www.glowsober.co.uk if you're interested in looking at the training as part of a wellbeing program for your employer 
or you know you are an employer and you want you you know somebody to talk to employees you can contact me um email info at glowsober.co.uk but you can always message me via um, facebook instagram linkedin i mean i'm i'm everywhere so (laughs) if you see the glow it's it it's it's me um i'm more than talk to anybody pretty much about anything because I think you know one of the most important things about this space is collaboration you know we have to collaborate we have to support each other whether we be women men whoever we are we have to support each other in in this space because it's a wonderful secret society that nobody ever tells you about and you never know existed until you're here that's exactly perfectly summed up. I love it. In our secret society, there's room for loads of us. Absolutely. <laughs> it's stuff. lovely to chat to you today. Thank you ever so much for your time. Oh, you're very welcome, Sarah. And thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please listen in again next time. You can sign up to my five-day Drink Less experiment and find out about working with me one-to-one at drinklesslivebetter.com. It would make me happier than a Buddhist monk if you would please subscribe, five-star review and comment on my podcast on whatever platform you listen. Imagine it like the tasting notes on the finest wine I am never going to drink. Thank you. And P.S. I believe in you.